I just want to bless you. Thank you for all coming. Most of it's a lot of ministries here this morning. We're blessed to have you. We're honored to have you. Um, and I hope things you're finding things well. If there's anything that you need, please let us know, and we'll do our best to fix that for you. I think you had a hair dryer this morning, right? <laughs> Amen. I heard it going because I was ready to take mine in there. But uh, so we're having a good time. I always come down to my kitchen, and there's just a slow roar of noise going on, everybody chattering. Do you know how much God loves it when his kids are talking about him? He loves it. And I had somebody say, about this time you must be out of your mind. Well, I am a little tired just only because I didn't get the rest I needed in the past 48 hours. But, um, no, I love, I just was saying, you got to love the insanity <laughs> of it because it's awesome. You know, these feasts were attended by millions they would come in and gather at this time. It was the time of the harvest. They were so excited because work was done. The fields were harvested, all the hard labors. They had the fruits of their labors. You know, the storehouses were full. They didn't come empty-handed to the feast. And they came and they brought their offerings and love. And then they had time off. I'm talking vacation time. And if you really would take all the times that God told you to take off, he, he, he told you you're really not supposed to work during this time. And uh, Passover and Pentecost, plus your Sabbath days, one day a week you're supposed to get, you'd have 70 days off a year. Did you know that? So we're all working too hard. And um, so, no, it's been wonderful and it's been rich and it's been great to meet Wes Daffenbaugh back there. He has to leave us tomorrow. And we're blessed to have Sheila come in. She's had a lot on her plate this year and we're just really blessed to have her here and want to minister to her. Be sure and minister to her and bless her while she's here and uh, tell you love her. She's powerful. House, she'll be ministering tonight. She has some awesome stuff she's been setting up on the table. I tried to make some room for her this morning. But she has some awesome things that you're going to want out there. Okay, so be sure and check that out. We have Karen Moran from Tampa. And she's going to be ministering this morning, too. Uh, her and Betty are sharing the time slot, so I don't want to take too much time here. But... Um, Betty's going to be ministering on, on what? What are you ministering on this morning? Can women preach or did you switch, did God switch it on you? Last night? Okay, great. Praise the Lord. Well, God has really been doing things. Some of the ministries have come uh, with intentionally with something and God's changed it. Because for those of you who have just arrived, there's a flame up here. I don't know if you see it. We have the fake one. Well, it's not even on right now. There's a fake one that you get to see tonight. But there's a flame of his eternal presence right here. And he promised it would never leave. And it has been shooting out flames, fiery flames of fire and love and power and glory and grace. 
And so when you come up here and stand to minister in this spot, you kind of get zapped if you tune into it. So i gotta, I got to not tune into it here for a second and keep ministering to you. But we're really looking forward to what you're going to minister to us, Mama. And then Karen is going to talk about an important ministry uh, that uh, God has her involved with that involves children and uh, getting prayer back into the schools. So in your region, she has all sorts of materials. Don't miss out on talking to Karen because she's got also she'll give you stuff that you need. She's a giver. I watched her give since she's been here. She just somebody says I like that. She says here you you have it. I love your jewelry. It's so pretty. Here I want you to have it. Karen's a giver. I love that. God loves givers. Well, I was going to talk to her about that later privately. Uh, I hope you feel the love in our hearts for you. I hope you've been aware of the prayers that we've prayed for all of you daily. And we keep you close in our hearts. But imagine how close God keeps you in his heart. So let's just focus on the Lord here for a couple of minutes. Just set our focus on him. And then without further delay, Father, we thank you because your anointing is here. Your presence is here. And this is your feast. Abba, it's all about you. As we enter in to the shift and the double anointing that is resting upon your people now in this season, God, we enter into it with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and all of our soul. And we've just come to make you smile. Smile, Abba. Your kids are talking about you. In the name, in the power, in the glory of the name of Jesus, we come. Amen.
Shandu Kiribibi.
as Sister has been singing, and, and I don't know where God wants to take us, but I kept hearing the Lord say before she started saying, put on the helmet or you're the helmet of salvation, you have the mind of Christ. I kept her hearing him say, wipe the slate clean. Wipe the slate clean. Be obedient. Be obedient. I kept hearing him say, wipe the slate clean. He said, the spirit of the church, we are moving in presumption. Because we're going from what we've already had. And every time we come, especially here at the feast, because this is the beginning of the new year, the ending of the old year, the beginning of the new year, it's the celebration of the joy of the harvest. The Lord said, I want you to wipe the slate clean in your mind of what you've known of the past, of what you've known of the season of what you've just been in. He said, because every time you carry over yesterday and what you knew yesterday, you miss what I have for you now. He has a now word. He has a now word. And he says, when you have the canvas, and I saw this up here with nothing on the PowerPoint, nothing on the screen, there's nothing there but just a white, a white canvas. He said, would you let me write the word on your heart today and in your mind that I want you to learn today. I want you to receive today. You're missing my revelation knowledge. He said, I've got revelation knowledge. And the revelation knowledge of now is what's going to change our lives and take us into the new season. So he, I saw as we let go of yesterday, even what happened in the last moment, when we let go and we let him start to paint our lives. See, he's not painting just the word into your heart. He's painting the word into your life. And that's what your life is going to become. So there's only that one thing we need to carry over is the love of God. So right now, would you let God just say, God, I drop all my preconceived ideas. I drop all of what I know. Because the church so many times you know, I used to, evangelists would come in and they'd have five, they'd have five good messages and they'd just preach those five good messages everywhere they go because they worked. But they worked for fanaticism sometimes. They worked for emotionalism. But when the evangelist left, there was no change. I don't know about y'all. I'm tired of being stirred. I want to be changed for the glory of God. And I want a new revelation that's going to keep me and take me to the energized person of Jesus Christ that He's called me to be. He said, would you allow me to write the, to paint the tapestry of His Word into your heart and your minds today? He said what in Philippians 3? He said, forgetting those things that are behind I press toward the mark of the high call in the Lord Jesus Christ. Pressing toward the goal. What's the goal? To know Him. To receive what He has for me now. That I don't have to live like yesterday, but I walk into the now. Put on that helmet of salvation and let Him set your mind on the heavenlies. And so you can walk in the earth to make a difference for His glory. Would you allow Him to paint the tapestry through the words that are going to be spoken this morning? Would you allow Him to paint the life that He wants for you today?
you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You ready, Mama? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I don't think we introduced Tom and Wesley as well this morning. Hallelujah. Come in, come in, come in. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Come on, Mama. Come on, Mama. Hallelujah. This is the this is the atmosphere. It's the new narrative. Amen. Hallelujah. Good morning, young man. Hallelujah. Are you who well who was planning on going first? Were you planning on going first? I'm sorry, I was out of order. It's going to be Karen. Come on, Miss Karen. Sorry, baby, Mama. Thank you. Um, I I know you thought I was going to be sharing about my ministry. Um, I'm only going to say just a brief word about that because the Lord had um, wanted me to share a little bit about what's going on in our country in preparation for the election. And I have a prophetic word that I want to share. And then I have a song that I want us to pray as a, uh, sing as a prophetic uh, declaration over our nation. I'll just say briefly, um, just to let you know who I am, uh, my name is Karen Moran. I've had a ministry for 20 years uh, taking the gospel into public elementary schools and we're now putting um, our training on the website and so that people from around the country and even around the world can get training even without having coming uh, to us. And so um, please take uh, a brochure. Uh, we have, you know, there's a business card out there, and these are little free magnets. You can uh, take and put them on your refrigerator to pray for us. Um, but we um, um, want to reach um, our country uh, these children, um, the average age a child accepts the Lord is, or a person accepts the Lord is nine years old. So if we miss the children, we're missing a whole generation. So um, anyway, um, so what the Lord had, um, I ran into someone that Pastor Betty knows. Um, I was invited down to a pastor's uh, uh, gathering down in Broward County, I met an apostle named um, Mario, who um, Pastor Betty knows, and uh, he shared some things. He's one of the hundred uh, people that was invited to the state dinner. Um, he is one of the counselors that goes in and uh, counsels President Trump, and he shared some things, and I wanted to share just a few things that he mentioned um, and how important this election is. Um, one of the things he was saying is that um, right now, Trump has been given an opportunity to appoint 140 judges. 
and you can see how hard getting this one Judge Kavanaugh through has been. And so one of the things we need to pray about is that we will have more senators and more representatives so that the struggle will not be so hard because their intention, if they get the representatives that they want to have on the other side, they want to impeach President Trump. And uh, Pastor Mario said that Trump has a bullseye, a target on him. They are trying to incite people to even kill him. So we need to cover this man if you're not already doing so, and I know most of the people here are. If you're not already covering him in prayer, you need to. Um, they, they mentioned also uh, in our nation uh, the desire to ch turn things into socialism. I don't know whether you know that, but if you're from Florida, the other candidate that's running for governor of the state of Florida is a socialist, and like Bernie Sanders. And uh, right now, Florida has three Supreme Court judges that will be appointed by this next governor. So our whole um, uh, Florida could be changed without prayer. So... Um, there's also a bill um, that's based on scientific evidence that shows that fetuses, who, um, um, children have the capacity to feel pain at 20 weeks old or more. It was voted down by a 51 to 46 vote. And if we get more people in our government, uh, then we can turn that around. And there are hundreds of babies that are aborted every single, that in, after 20 weeks are aborted every single month. So um, the, um, the battle is not against flesh and blood, as you know. This is the year 5779, and the 9 stands for uh, the serpent, with the coiled serpent, but it also stands for the pregnant woman. And what is believed to be going on right now, there is a battle for the soul of our country and for uh, the birthing of what God wants to do right now. There's, go uh, there's a birthing getting ready to happen, a shift, as, as we've talked about, a shift in our country, and God wants to do it, but he wants us to be a part of it. So um, I have a prophetic um, Word. I'm not going to share with you everything I have here because I have a lot of information. I'll just share one other thing. President Trump, um, a pastor uh, Mario or Apostle Mario, said that President Trump has done more for the evangelical community that every, than every single president before him, including Ronald Reagan. So um, I'll just tell you just a couple real quick things. He uh, was responsible for canceling the uh, uh, Iran nuclear deal. He closed the office of the Palestinian Liberation Army in Washington. He moved the capital to Jerusalem. He signed into law what is known as the Special Taylor Force Act, which says that Palestinians will no longer be funded unless they stop killing innocent people. So, and he also... There's also the uh, Johnson Act by executive order. President Trump uh, says that now it's okay. He's overturned the Johnson Act. So now pastors can speak up without being afraid of losing their 501c3. So all these things are being done, but um, uh, we need to rise and build that wall and like Nehemiah did, and in our prayers, we are a part of that. Uh, the Lord wants us wants to partner with us in what He wants to do. 
So um, I have a prophetic word. I believe it's a now word. It even has some of the words like shift. It has the word earthquake in it, and I believe it's an accurate word, so I want to share that with you now. I hear the Lord say, the United States of America, get ready for another demonstration of my power. Instantly, I saw a huge whirlwind of the Spirit of God building momentum and coming towards the nation. This whirlwind was the whirlwind of acceleration and major demonstration of the power of God being released. As I'm watching this whirlwind, it was coming with a specific purpose. It was coming to usher him in. It was coming to usher in the King of Glory and to release major demonstrative moves of his power across the nation. As I am watching this take place, I hear these words booming so loudly in the spirit. Every corner of this nation shall see my power. It was such a strong decree that the power of God was going to be demonstrated in such a significant way that all would see. Not just in one place, but in just a few places, but the Lord's heart is to demonstrate his power and to show himself as strong. The words then resounded loudly all around me, the king of glory is stepping in, the king of glory is stepping in, the king of glory is stepping in with a roar, and Roy was talking about seeing the lion this morning, the roar of justice. The Lord is coming in with a roar of justice. And I heard him speak, my roar will be heard far and wide. My roar will be heard far and wide. Nothing will stand against my power. Nothing will stand against my word. For the time has come for the United States to move further into the destiny that I have for her. It's time for her to be loose from the chains that have held her so long. I have brought great freedom in this season in the United States, but I decree over my beloved United States of America that you are now moving into a time of seeing a greater demonstration of my power. My power is going to be displayed. There will be a great rearrange. There will be a turning of a page, a new page. And the United States will no longer be tied to what has been, but I'm decreeing that it's time for the United States to move into a season of being untied, where the enemy has been working hard to keep chains around many things and places in the United States. I'm now decreeing a new level, a breakthrough, and manifestation of being untied. And you see President Trump uh, moving away from things. And some people have even said that the United Nations will even back out of that. For my roar of justice is going forth, and nothing will stop my power. Nothing will stop my provision. Nothing will stop my decree. For I am wanting to release my power and my goodness across the nation in a more significant way than has ever been seen, which will prepare the nation and prepare you, my people, to see my glory flood in like never before. My roar of justice will not be overcome. My roar of justice will be heard far and wide, and redemption and restoration of my hand and heart will be released upon the nation in greater ways." You are about to see another major demonstration of my power. It's time. It has arrived. It is time. It is time. I saw a huge gavel coming down out of heaven and landing heavily upon the nation. The gavel was so big, 
it covered the entire nation. And the Lord spoke, every part of the nation will be affected. It's a tidal wave of my justice. It's a tidal wave of my justice. It's an earthquake of my glory and alignment. I'll say that again. It's an earthquake of my glory and alignment. There is another level of alignment being released in the United States that's going to be seen in major ways in the coming days. Call it in, my people. Call it in, my people. Call it in, my people. You have no grid for what I'm about to do, for I will leave you in awe and wonder of who I am and what I can do. The land will be covered in awe. The land will be covered in awe. I heard the Lord say the land will be covered in awe, and I saw the United States covered in what looked like a huge golden blanket. It covered every part of the nation. It was like a heavy blanket of the glory of God. It was so heavy, so weighty, and so beautiful, and the sense surrounded me that as another major demonstration of the power of God is released upon the nation, the fear of God is going to be restored in this land. The land will be covered with the awe of God. The atmosphere was full of the sense that this great demonstration of his power would usher in a greater harvest. The atmosphere was electric with Philippians 2, 9 through 10. And I'm reading this out of the Passion Bible. It says, because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names, the Authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to his name in the heavenly realm, in the heavenly realm, and in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. I heard the Lord say, I'm sending another breaker. I'm sending another breaker. And I saw the angel Gabriel land in the nation. And he was coming to announce the decree of God. He had a trumpet in his hand and announced to announce and herald in a shift that is about to take place in the nation. He had come to trumpet the beginning of another major move of the power of God in the nation. As he blew the trumpet, I saw a large book over the United States and the hand of the Lord turned the page. It was time for a new page. It was time for a new script, the new decree of the Lord. The time had come, the new beginning of seeing the power of God demonstrated. God is going to reveal himself in greater ways again, yet in a completely new way, that he is the God of breakthrough, and he is the God of justice, and that he is God of the impossible. There is about to be another major demonstration of his power. I heard the Lord speak, anything that tries to get written over my script will be overcome by the power of my blood. He is going to reveal himself as the mighty warrior. He's going to reveal himself as the dread champion. He's going to reveal himself in the United States as the king of kings. The United States of America is going to see him as the lion as never before. The, the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But now the Lord is going to show himself as the Lion of Judah who roars and nothing stands against his roars. United States will not only be untied, but you will be unlocked. 
I heard the Laird say, United States of America, not only will you be untied, but you will be unlocked. There is another realm of unlocking that God is about to bring forth in this major demonstration of his power. As this unlocking takes place, the treasure that the Lord has put in the nation of the United States is going to come to the surface. In this great unlocking, the treasury of heaven is going to pour down like never before in the nation. Another major demonstration of the destiny of the United States being suddenly manifest. The dogs of darkness will be chased out of many areas of the United States by this major demonstration of the power of God and divine treasure. For God is placed within this nation, what God is placed within this nation will be searched out and caused to flourish in the nation and catapult her future into her destiny. People of God, stay on the wall and watch many walls fall. This is a very strategic time now, and the Lord is calling his people to make sure they remain on the wall of intercession. Stay on the wall and pray and decree what the Lord is saying. Don't stop. Keep interceding for as this next major move of the power of God is released, many walls that have stood in opposition to the word of God and his plans are going to suddenly fall. They are going to suddenly fall. I heard him say, sing my song over the nation. It was such a beautiful invitation to keep seeking the heart of God and to listen to what he was singing over the nation. As he sung, as his song is sung over the nation, many walls will fall. As the decree of, the, of God is sung over the nation, many walls will fall. I began to hear these songs of the Lord over the nation, and they were all songs of who he is. They were all songs of declaration of his nature. God the healer, the redeemer, the strong tower, the warrior, the Lord, the God of breakthrough, the God of increase, the God of freedom, and life. All these songs were coming together and decreeing one truth. Jesus is Lord and he's worthy to be praised. The lamb who was slain, the lion who has triumphed. These major declarations of who is being declared in song over the nation are bringing major shifts. So the songs that we sing during this time are very important. And the Lord actually gave me a song that was actually sung down in um, at this meeting that I was at. And I felt to bring that same song here, and we're going to sing it in a second. Um, but... Um, a new, a new song of God has overcome and overcomes and the power of God was being sent out like arrows into other nations to release impartation and revelation of who Jesus is and the igniting of the fire of his love in many places. People of God, do not leave the wall. Don't stop interceding. Don't stop singing the song of the Lord over the nation. I heard him say it's a season of the sword and the arrow. And I'm almost done. Then I heard a vision, and then I had a vision and saw that the Lord had been training his people that are leaning in to use their sword and release the arrows. There's only one safe, strong, secure place for me, and it's in God alone, and I love him. He's the one who gives me strength and skill for the battle. 
Bless the Lord, my rock and my great strength, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Those that are leaning into the Lord and seeking his heart, I prophesy over you that the Lord is about to increase strategy in your life. He's about to open the word of God to you in greater ways. What he is speaking and is true over the nation of the United States. He has been training you to use your sword in this season and to fire the arrows of strategy through prayer. But it is about to increase like never before. It is time to lean in and be vigilant and seek the Lord's heart, remaining deep in his word to know how to yield your sword in greater ways and to fire the arrows of strategy through your intercession to partner with him to usher in a major move of his power that he wants to demonstrate. Okay. Amen. Isn't that an awesome word? Awesome word. And, you know, um, I've heard it said many times, a lot of times what what happens in Florida sometimes, you know, it's a key state and, and uh, it what is being released there goes across the nation. And I just wanted to say um, they blew the shofar four times, and I just wanted to tell you what they did over the state of Florida. So you might want to do it this over your state. They blew it four times. The first time was to unite the body of Christ. The second time was for repentance and to tell the body of Christ to break rank and enter into what God has for this new season, to rise and build the wall, and then to awake the people, the church, to wake up. And then the last one was to realize that we are in a war and it's between the the snake and and, uh, the body of Christ, the pregnant woman that is about to give birth to a mighty move of God in these days. So we don't want the enemy to have any any little inch. So uh, what I'd like to do now, we have a song, and I would like you to sing it not just as a song, but to sing it as a, um, a prophetic release. And um, it's called Do It Again, and I think you all know it. Okay? No, no, this is not my word. It, it was a word I got just a few days before I came, and I felt like, you know, the Lord put in my heart that I knew I wasn't going to be speaking about my ministry. But I, I um, you know, I just, this is what was on my heart. So. I have the song here. I'll put it on through my um, boombox. Oh, okay, well, I've got... Both either way. Praise the Lord. Oh yes, yes. I I only have. I want music and words. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. It, it, and see, that's what I felt. We were to blow the show far, but if we can't do it today, we can do it tonight, maybe. But I, I do, I did feel that you needed to release that over Vermont. What was released over Florida with the show far? It's 
you're here representing another state. So. Praise the Lord. All right, let's sing this song. Oh, she are. Okay. All right. Uh, should I declare the, the four things? To unite the body of Christ. All right, the next one is for repentance, and it's three short blasts. Okay, the next one is nine, nine, uh, uh, I guess they're short little nine things, uh, to awake the people and to awake the church. And then the last one, and I'm not sure how long the duration is to be, but it's uh, for war and battle uh, for uh, against the snake. Okay. Mondara 
Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for the mighty move, a mighty move of God. Hallelujah. Do it again, Lord. Do it again in this nation. Do it again. Do it again. In the name of Jesus.
Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. I hope I'm not sorry I accepted that. I wanted to speak on keywords. First word, if you submit, done it all. That one word is so awesome. The next word is yield. It takes it all the time. As I was standing there as I played the song, I told Jesus, what would the king of kings like to say? Not what I want to say. People ask me why I dress up so on Sunday. God told me first to read Esther, and I read Esther. I identified with Esther because I used to dress for the world. And it told me how to dress for the king. This morning I told the Lord when I got up, what Esther did. I said, Lord, I don't want what I think or what other people think. I want to know what pleases you. Amen. He told me to dress in my royal blue this morning. I want to be the queen of all queens because... He is the king of all kings. So if I get what he likes, and the Holy Spirit said they would tell me and teach me, 
how to walk, talk, dress. You see, I'm talking about kingdom living. we got to start practicing kingdom living on this earth. If we think we're going to heaven, we better be able to walk and talk and please the King of Kings. And it takes practice. It takes you denying self. It takes you knowing what the King likes and pleasing the King. I've had a lot of practice because my mother taught me that the man, your husband, is your king. He is the head of the house. You surrender to him. You submit to him. And when it comes time that I was told to submit to Jesus Christ, I had already been taught by my mama how I was to be submissive, uh, that he is the head of the house. Glory to God. And I treated him so. I dressed for him. I cooked for him. I did everything to please my husband and now for the last 30 years Jesus Christ has been my husband we were walking through the room the other day and we were having so much fun and he was getting ready to leave and I said oh Jesus you want me just going to heaven right now with you I'm ready I was ready you know it shocked me later when I come back to my physical how easy it was to me to give up Earthly things. God has been telling me lately, when I moved from North Carolina to Florida, I want you to start turning loose of earthly things. You know, he's preparing me. The things in my house, even my clothes and things, I've been giving them away like crazy. Don't mean as much to me anymore. I'm getting more every day heavenly minded. I'm getting more spiritual minded. I'm 81, so it's not, you know, my time is short, but you know what? I ain't going to die soon, I know that. Even though you say, I, can I go now? He says, no. I said, God, when I turned 70, I said, okay, God, I said, I've been all over the world. I've done all kind of stuff for you, but I'm not going to open one door. I'm not going to move one inch. I want to know what. I'm all yours, whatever you want to do with me. What do you want me to do? He said, I want you to go and duplicate yourself. God would not have told me that. If I had not submitted 100% to him and emptied myself out and feel this is something you got to do. When I got to heaven, God asked me if I knew Jesus. And when I said, I thought if I went to church on Sunday, Sunday night and Wednesday, and listen to the preacher, I get it. I know the word. No. You know of him, but you don't know him. How can you trust your eternal salvation to someone else? And if they're wrong, you don't make it. If you have never read the Bible through and studied it, you do not know Jesus. He is 
the Word of God. You can't depend on someone else because the Holy Spirit has to teach you and guide you into all truth and He will explain what the Word of God is saying to you. That Word is to you. And unless you yield to the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit can impart a revelation to you. When I got in the Word, it said here, it said that He would give you the Spirit of revelation. The Spirit of wisdom. Remember, He said the Spirit of. The Spirit of understanding. He said you could have all three but not have understanding. You still had nothing. Then he said, and get discernment. You need to be writing this down, what I'm saying right now, because I'm glad you do it. When I, revelation is when something comes alive. It said, spirit of. I'd always heard you need revelation, you need knowledge, you need wisdom, but I never heard it spoken that it was a spirit. The Holy Spirit said, Betty, here's how the Holy Spirit will teach you when you read the Bible. The Holy Spirit said, Betty, you know how you had to ask the Holy Spirit, me to come and live with you? We don't come unless you asked. You have to ask each one of these to come. Invite them in your temple. When I invite them into my temple, all of a sudden I start writing books. All of a sudden I start revelating. All uh, oh, come on! You invite them in, you got the whole thing. Let me tell you. Listen to me, church. If you invite them in, you have the full Godhead in you. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit's in you. Glory to God. You know, sometimes I just want to talk up people. Be careful. You don't know who you're talking to. I got the whole Godhead in me. Don't come against me. It won't do you no good to come against me. It might hurt you. Amen. You see, I know who I am. I know who's inside of me. I know that I emptied Miss Betty out. I want to tell you about Miss Betty. She took me to hell. And if you submit to your body, I'm telling you, it wants you to give to it. I need to clean it. It wants you to give to it. It wanted drink. It wanted this. It wanted beautiful men. I had all of the beautiful men you've ever seen, Mr. Texas. I had all these beautiful... They ain't worth ten cents. They're in love with themselves and ain't going to love you. All they do is admire themselves. Amen. I'm here to tell you. Your body drives you. It wants you to think, if you accomplish this, this is why I'm having a doctorate. It don't mean that much to me because I'm scared of fame. I'm scared. You see, I went for it. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to see my name in neon lights. And you kept, I kept thinking, I had this emptiness. I didn't understand what this was in me that was driving me, that was making me want all of these things. And no matter what I got, it didn't seem to satisfy. I thought having Mr. Texas, he was the best looking man you ever laid eyes on. And he was so jealous of me. 
I didn't think I was pretty because I'd never been told I was pretty. But that man was so jealous of me, he was in fights all the time over me. If you looked at me, what you looking at? She's mine. Then I thought, if I had beautiful gowns, I had gowns that looked like a queen's. That didn't satisfy me. I've had about everything. I've had a Cadillac town cars, all kind of beautiful cars all my life. That didn't satisfy me. I've had $50,000 in my drawer almost all my life as I was married. None of it satisfied me. Well, I thought being booked in Vegas, send my name in none lots. That's about as far as you're going to show business. That, that would be it. So that drove me to be the best. I had to be the best dancer. I had to be the best singer. I had to be the best in everything that I'd done, and I had to look good. So I decided to have my bus enlarged, and what I'm trying to tell you is how the body is not satisfied. It gets take you a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper, and it gets you just a little bit drunk, either on fame or something, or greed, or something, or beauty, or something, until it gets you to that place. And now I'm to that place that it got me to lie about free bleeding. You tell the doctor that you're free bleeder, they will not operate on you. I didn't tell him. Imagine going in and having breast surgery and not telling the doctor that you've been a free bleeder. Immediately, I start bleeding to death. Here's how the devil takes you to that place, and here's what he does. He says, you know that lie I told you to tell? I said, yeah. He said, ha, 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 that's your blood hitting you. All that sticky stuff is all over his glasses. You're dying, ha, 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 ha. Quit letting your body tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you, I'm concerned for the church. I'm concerned that half the church ain't going to make it. Over just one sin, that's gluttony. You let that body take you to that table and you eat, 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 eat. The first time I seen gluttony on my doctor's, he was writing, and when he left the room, I read it. Said she's a little gluttony. I went home and cried. I fasted. I prayed. That's the worst thing he could ever said to me because I thought, I looked up gluttony. Here's what it says. When God looks down on gluttony, it vomits. That's bad. I, had, I was just studying the Word of God and saw that. When I saw that, oh, my God. That's why I fast so much. I want to try to take you down to some of this. The spirit has to be in control. And you have to beat your body down until you get to that place. Here's what God did for me at the time that I had just right after dying and coming back to life. I made sure that my buddy was not going to control me and get control of me again. Also knew that I could not go to heaven unless I knew the word of God. 
If you've not read the Bible, I don't think you're going because you don't even love Jesus enough to learn about him. Listen, Jesus is the king of kings. And if I'm going to be his queen, I have to know about him. I have to know how to talk, how to dress, how, what does he like, what is he saying, what's the kingdom of God like. And I have to get in the kingdom of God to be available to be a queen. Are you with me? So you're going to have to go to his word to find out what his word says to you from the king of what he wants you to be. Amen. I want you to quit feeling sorry for yourself. I don't know why you're feeling sorry for yourself. That is a demon that has come into you and making you feel sorry for yourself that you pine away and the devil is trying to kill you and take you out. Don't listen to him. I'm here to tell you, every time a thought comes into your mind about yourself, God said to pull it down. When you entertain that thought, you're making soil in your body. It's your brain, it's your body. Then when you speak out a word about what you're thinking about, it's words or seeds. Now you planted that seed and that soil in your body. Jesus showed me how I spoke leukemia into me. Here I am, know the Word of God. But you're not thinking about what you're thinking. Paul said to pull every word down that's contrary to the Word of God. Don't go there. Quit fishing in the pond of forgiveness. It's never going to be remembered. Leave it alone. Amen. Move forward in God and get the things of God in your life. For me to be submissive. I want you to open that. She's my little armor bar. I love her so much. She knows more than I do about the Bible to tell you the truth. And I downloaded it. Here's what I did. I got two tapes, don't you get, and I ain't got many. One is, can women preach? The reason I want you to do that is, I take you to the Bible about every woman in the Bible. And when God wanted to do something big, women listen to me. When God wanted to change the world, God wanted to save a nation, didn't use you men. Use the women. Esther saved the Jews. Deborah, they wanted her in the army to lead the army because she heard from God. Because we've been told submit. Men, I'm going to apologize to you. The other, I want you to get self, but I went through a whole, all the stuff in the self book is what caused me to change myself. After I died, I was building a wall around me so I wouldn't be offended or hurt or fall back into oppression, feeling sorry for myself. You understand what I'm saying? I had that wall like cement blocks up to here. Jesus said, Betty, said you can stay in there and never be loved or you can kick that wall down. And I started kicking that wall down. And these, the self-book is how I learned to get rid of self because I knew I could not. Listen to me. When I died, I come out of my body. I went in cardiac arrest from a penicillin reaction. They say I should not be alive. Heart doctor says, 
He said, I want to know how they sewed your heart up and there are no outside scar. And I smiled. I said, God, heal me. He resurrected me from the dead. There for a while, I mean, all these doctors are wanting to x-ray me and wanting to see all of this. I just had the heart specialist in our um, hospital in my in St. Petersburg run a scan of my whole body. I'm going to tell you how leukemia come into my body, but I'm going to tell you. He scanned my entire body because Pastor Tim is my nephew and took me to the hospital, and he told them they immediately was putting stuff on me until I couldn't talk in the emergency. And he talked for me, and he said, my aunt is in recession of leukemia. Well, they thought I was in full blood, dying of leukemia, so they scanned me. God wanted me to have it in right, and they found no leukemia in my body. This doctor teaches doctors, and they run every test they had trying to find out what was wrong, and mostly is generally wrong with someone 80 years old. Couldn't find nothing. My blood work is perfect. I have 20-20 vision. God has preserved me, preserved my body, because I fill myself with his word. I penetrate in him. I walk in the spirit, not the flesh. And I slap myself if I don't pay attention to the word of God. I mean, I wring my own jaws when I don't listen to the word of God. I say, okay, now you, you're going to get in here and read this word or I'm not going to feed you. You want to get your flesh's attention? Cut off the food. And I guarantee you, it'll pay attention to what you're saying. You have to discipline. Paul said to discipline yourself. You've got to do more. You just can't play around with this thing. If you want to walk into spirit, glory to God, you can't have no flesh there because you ain't going to be in the flesh. I told God this morning, when I stand up there, I don't want to be in the flesh. I want to be in the spirit. I want you, Holy Spirit, to take over my vocal cords. You see, when I come up here, I back up in this body and I said, you have the premier. What do you want to say to your body? I want to tell you, God has got something to say to you. Miss Betty ain't got a thing, but I want to tell you I know the King of Kings I know the Lord of Lords and I know He is my Savior I know I'm going to heaven glory to God I know I am ready if He comes right now if He wants to take me right now I am ready to go glory to God I love having that confirmation I love knowing when I I can't tell you how many times I've left my doors unlocked where I live wake up and I say oh God you're so good (laughs) I have No fear. Fear draws death. I bind fear from my house, from me. Glory be to God. I know the Lord wants me to teach some of this stuff. Lord, there's so much and I ain't got time. The spirit has to be in control. I looked at my body. And I come out of it. And I'm standing on this side of the room. My body's laying on the bed. Here's the first thing. I wasn't spiritual. Remember, I was a sinner. I said, I'll give you everything you wanted. I have given you everything. And now, I'm lost. I realized 
but not trust. can't trust you. You can't trust what you think. You can't lend your understanding what you're thinking. You better go to the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and say, God, let me lean to your understanding and your thinking. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to lean to my own understanding. Paul said to pull this down, I pull you down in the name of Jesus. you got to go. Don't let Satan or spirits occupy any part of your being, especially your spiritual being. If you're not feeding your spirit, look at me. When I come out of my body, that body's laying on the bed. I'm standing here looking at that body. You have two bodies. You, your outward body is just like you would unzip a snowsuit and slide out of it. That's all it is to you. Why are you giving it so much attention? Why are you letting it control you when it is nothing to you, when the inside of you is the real Listen, I had my memory. I knew everything. I knew that's me. I knew that's my children rubbing me. I knew that's my husband on the cell on the phone calling for the ambulance. All of you come out. Your mind is going to heaven with you. That's your soul, mind, will, and emotion. Your mind and will and emotion ain't supposed to be controlling you. Your spirit is supposed to be controlling you. And whichever you feed, are you feeding the flesh? If you are, you're walking in the flesh. Are you walking in the soulish realm? You're carnal-minded. But God has said to fill the Spirit that you can fulfill God's order. You can do what God wants you to do. Walk in the Spirit of God. And you will fulfill what God intended you to do. And God can use you until you start doing this. Start surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Recently, we opened a new station in Arizona, and it was going worldwide. And the founder, because I prophesied to him and told him he'd be on television worldwide, wanted me to be the first one to do it worldwide. When he spoke it to me, I thought, hmm, what would I tell the whole world? Staying there, it scared me. I said, God, how would you like to speak to your whole creation at one time? I said, now you have something to tell them more than I could ever tell them. I'll tell you what, God, I'll go, but I'm going to back up in my body and let you have my mouth. And I'm going to let you tell the whole world what you want to. And this was a Larry. It's a big church in Arizona. And it feels so bad that they push windows back. There's sliding glass doors that could extend it. They couldn't get all the people in there that came for that. It was awesome. Bennett, I believe, Bennett, I believe his name. Anyway, he's the one that fit Barnett. Anyway... The Lord said, Betty says, we had a conversation in heaven, something like this. 
And we got to talking to Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And said, let's go down and let's make us a family. And they come down and made Adam and Eve. And he said, we walked and talked with our family. It was so wonderful. In the breeze of the evening, we fellowshiped. It was so wonderful. And I made them in my image so we'd all be like-minded. And it was so awesome. And Adam fell. And sin, listen to me, holiness and sin didn't come to it. And we were so sad. And we grieved so because we lost our family. And one day, my son said, Father, I just can't stand it no more. Please. I know it's going to take a flesh man to take back what a flesh man give away. But let me go down and let me become a flesh man that I can take on and die and be the sacrifice that we can have our family back. He persuaded the father. Now, God is talking through my voice, and I'm telling the whole world this. But I'm seeing everything he's seeing. It's like I'm in him seeing all this because he's using my body. See, they don't have a body. They use our bodies. Look at me, everybody. I would see the Father because I'm seeing with him. He would look over here and see Jesus. He'd turn around and look. like he was holding whole creation in his arms. And he looked with him with so much affection, so much love. The tears were streaming down my eyes. The tears were streaming down everybody in the place's eyes. The Spirit of God was so strong in that place that demons started coming out of people. And every time that Father God would look over here and see Jesus he said, I have to keep looking at you to let him suffer. I never knew the love of God like I saw the love of God when he talked to his creation on this earth. How can we not love God? How can we not be true to God? How can we grieve an awesome God? An awesome God. God says, I want you to walk in the Spirit so I can walk with you. When the woman come and she touched Jesus as him, Jesus was holy. He couldn't have no contamination. You understand, you can't mix the two. So he felt the virtue immediately it out. Holiness. If you want to be with Jesus, 
you want to be his child, then you're going to have to perfect yourself with the word of God. You're going to have to fast and pray and get rid of all the stuff that's in you that you've been putting in you all your life. God said you play that Bible. Then he said it is a consuming fire and when it goes in your brain, it's your brain is a computer. It's going to delete. It's going to purge. It's going to burn out everything in your brain that is contrary to the word of God. Your problem is you've not pulled away from the table. God said, when you push back the table, I will come near you. God said, push back from this table and pull up to my table and hear what I have to say for you and I will fill you with the good word. It's time for us to concentrate ourselves It's time to pull away from the things of this world and to come into the spiritual world and walk in the Spirit with our King Jesus and know His ways and His will and flow in it. God is looking for someone to go tell the world. To go tell the world. North Korea fasted recently. When the president went to over, was going to meet with him. North Korea had been fasting 40 days straight, everybody. That North Korea would go meet the president. That's the power of prayer. They're praying and fasting that they will become one nation under God. God said that, he told me about America. He said, I will not let Satan destroy a nation that men of old brought together a nation under me and made me Lord over that nation, I will not let it be taken from me. God is not going to let the devil have it. He's going to raise up the church glory to God in triumph, and it is time to get armored up. It is time for you to get rid of all this trash in your mind, put you on the Word of God, glory to God, fast and pray that you can walk in the Spirit and that you can hear from the Lord what He is saying for you at this time. Otherwise, you're walking in the flesh, you're minding the things of the flesh, and that's what's wrong. I want to tell you something. If you will line up like I did, I'm telling you, since I've lined up, I went back home 25 years after I did all of this, and I started my church, and I sent out an invitation. My mother was noted as one of the most holy women. She was noted in North Carolina like Mama Choi was in Korea as an awesome prayer warrior. And a Mama was in, had it in, how, could, how do you say that? Awesome, noted woman of God, integrity. I have practiced that from knowing my mama wanted to have integrity. So I really watch myself and try to live that I, that I will bring a blessing to God, not a curse. So we want to live the kind of life. And also you want to live the kind of life 
I didn't realize that people really paid that much attention to my gifting. But at Suncoast, they were introducing me to speak, and Wally was introducing me. He said, the woman I'm going to introduce to you, I'm going to, I'm going to describe her this way. If I see Aunt Betty walking down the hall, he says, I confess all my sins right then before she gets to me. <laughs> they have found out that I see, it, see them, <laughs> that I know them, that I see spirits. I see where you're at. I know where you're at. But God don't give that to me for no other reason but that I can be a blessing to you, that I can counsel you, that I can tell you. But God is looking for people He's wanting you to submit to him. He's wanting you to come. Let me tell you how, how much God will do for you. God told me to write Trump. Dr. Joy uh, went to the White House when Reagan got shot. She, he invited her to come. I asked her, could she do in America what they done in Korea? Because they kept North Korea from invading and taking over South Korea. And so she went to the White House, and Reagan asked her, would she come to America and do in America what they'd done in Korea? She made a written covenant with the President of the United States to do so. After she and I traveled for about 20 years, she got into her 70s, and she was having a heart problem. I'm going to tell you the power you have with God when you want something done. Because she'd been having a heart problem, Dr. Cho froze her visa when we were supposed to go to the White House. I said, now, God, you're the one that laid that mantle on me. You're the one who wants this done, so I'm putting it in your hands. So I just called the President of the United States and told him we had we were coming to, we had a covenant with you. We were coming to her to lay that mantle on me that I could do in America what they've done in Korea. And he lifted Dr. Cho's visa <laughs> that she could come to the United States. He said, who is this woman that can lift my visa? It wasn't this woman. It was God wanting to finish what he started. So we went to the White House, and she laid her mantle on me publicly, and I had to sign the covenant to do so in America. When I moved to Suncoast, and I was there about a year, one day God told me, I was close to a bridge with a lot with water. God said, Betty, if you will be to Pastor Tim what Mama Choi was to Dr. Cho, I will take America through Suncoast. Suncoast is a mega church like Dr. Cho's. We can't afford to do whatever God says to do as he they did over there. That many people praying is what I'm getting at. You've got enough people in your church if you really travailed and fasted and prayed. I said, God, I'm just a country girl from North Carolina, and you're talking big. He said, I'm not going to use a country girl from North Carolina. I never have. He said, Betty, I searched all over America for one woman she had asked for a woman compatible to her to help her travel in the USA to accomplish what the president said. And I searched all over America for one woman that would do precisely what I said. You're it. I thought of all the people in America. You know, we're all the time thinking about education. I've always 
went to education. I wasn't privileged as a young girl, had a large family to get that. I think I'd been president today if I'd got education. Because I don't stop at nothing. I go for it. And I've always felt less hindered because of it, you know. And he said, I'm going to use that mantle. And he said, I used that mantle on her. She didn't do it. The mantle I placed on her did it. And the mantle doubled when it went on you because America is twice as big as Korea. And I'm going to use that mantle on you to do it. I'm going to do a book on mantles because I want to know more about what this mantle is I have on me. Do you understand? Well, I said, I went and I said, well, God, I'm going to start fasting retreats. We've been fasting every three months at Suncoast for three days and calling out to God what he wants to do. But I can't do this to myself, by myself. If you want to save a miracle, you need to be fasting every three months for three days. You need to do, what did she do? She got 500 first and then thousands. And then they all started fasting and they had a million people in their church. They birthed in a million people through fasting prayer. The reason the churches ain't filled is you're not fasting praying. They don't see no manifestation of the power of God moving in their area. When you start fasting and praying, it moves the judgment of God. Judgment of God is like lightning. It goes to and fro across the nation. It's drawn by much sin. And, and according to when you go online and Google, you, you've got the worst uh, government of any state, the most crooked government of any state. They're into witchcraft and everything. So that means you need to fast and pray more there than anywhere in the United States. Because it draws the judgment. All these fires in California, look, it's trying to go the way it is. What's happening? The judgment of God is coming and just burning out sin. And it draws the judgment. The Christians out there better be fasting and praying. They better be crying out to God. Like you you see in and we see in the Bible how that they intercede and cried out to God on behalf of the people, like uh, Daniel. When Daniel cried for them, he's my favorite because he confessed the sins of the people. And he asked God, oh God, please forgive us. Please forgive our nation. Please forgive our people. And he kept confessing the sins of the people over and over again. We have not followed you. We've not obeyed your laws. We've not been obedient to you. God, please have mercy on us. What's wrong with you? Read Daniel and do what Daniel says. Amen. A lot of people think in the New Testament today we don't need to fast and pray. No, we need to more than we ever have. You know why? It's because we know what we have in Jesus Christ, but we're trying to do it in ourselves instead of letting God get it. So we're not walking in the Spirit so God can do what He wants to do because we think we've got it all. No, you haven't got anything yet. Just wait till he starts feeding you and you start seeing the Word of God and you start seeing the things coming out of you and you hear this thing coming out of your mouth that you're saying, glory be to God. Boy, I didn't know that. This is so good, God. God wants to use your mouth. He wants to use your brain. But he can't use your brain till you download it. And you have to download it with Him. Jesus Christ is the Word of God. And Jesus is now in your brain when you download it. And it is Jesus bringing your thought. Everything, everything you speak. It's Him. Spiritual things that is going into people and it is making them hail. It is teaching them the Word of God. It's going into them. He's doing it. You're not doing it. 
Just think how powerful that is. Amen? So today you need to repent. You need to repent and say, God, I'm going to download your word. Pastor Tim couldn't believe I played it all the time, so I sent him to the car to get me a CD for something or another. He comes back and tells the whole congregation, you ain't going to believe Aunt Betty's car. You turn the switch on and the Bible starts talking to you. He said, I looked for in her console and said she's got Johnny and everybody else singing in her console so she can change. She's got the whole Bible in there. He's, you know, you say something and people goes behind you, checking you out sometimes like that, but praise God for it. Listen. People can tell by your presence, by being around you, where you're walking. They can tell by the anointing on you. That anointing on you will affect them. Even in stores and places I go, listen to me. Kathy made me a thousand cards last year. Kathy, they're gone. I go into Walmarts, and I witness to at least four people in Walmarts. I witness to the cashier. Every cashier that checks me out of any store gets witnessed to. And I invite every one of them to my church. I had my church put on the back of my card, address, everything about it, and on the other side about me. I give that card out to every person I've met this year. This year, I want 2,000. I'm going to double it. One of the members was with me as we went shopping. I took her shopping for furniture. And she saw me do this when we went to eat and when we went other places. She said, Pastor Betty, I noticed that you give your card out a lot. And I noticed that you're talking to them. What are you saying? I said, I'm telling them how much that God loves them and how... I really like you. You know, you're really a sweet person. You're the kind of person, and I make you take my hand. I said, I want the anointing to go out of me and them. I said, if you, we have the most wonderful, loving church. And I said, our pastors are so loving. I said, I sit on the front row, and I'll let you sit with me. I have a whole row that I'm saving for those that I invite. And I will love you. Please come. And I hug them then, so I'm really getting on them. And I said, please come to my church. Well, I did this in Kentucky Fried Chicken and just really talked to this black girl. I love them anyway. You know, I have that thing with them. And I, I didn't let her buy weight. I was just hugging her and loving on her. Uh, talked to her when she first come in, and then before she left, I hug her again and give her my card and invite her to church. Well, next day I go to Walmart's, and she's at the Tourette's, getting ready to go to the Tourette's. She's Betty, Betty, like that, you know, and I turned around. She said, God's talking to me. i got to come, Donna. <laughs> Do you see how God will use you? I'm going to tell you something. You that are here in this church, listen to what I'm telling you. Pastors do not beget sheep. They're shepherds. They're not sheep. They're shepherds. Sheep. Beget sheep. Wherever you go to church, it is your responsibility to go get sheep and bring them in. It is your responsibility to go win. Everyone's a soul winner. And if you're not, you're going to be plugged off the vine. But you're supposed to go in and you're supposed to bring them in the house of God that the pastor can preach the word to them that they will be set free. 
And if they, if you don't know how to win them, just you just get them in the church. I guarantee you, I want to tell you something. When I pastored, if you come to my church and I hadn't seen you before, time I got through preaching, you was ready because that anointing was on you. I would walk over to you and I said, would you like to receive the Lord? And the anointing on me, I knew the anointing would do it. And I said, let's do it. Repeat after me. I want every person that come to my church, I want 50 members of one family to Jesus Christ. And I started to tell you, the first day I founded my church in North Carolina, I sent an invitation to all of my mother's people, my aunts, uncles, cousins, brothers, sisters, my children, grandchildren, all filled the church, packed it. We didn't have an empty chair. And as I started doing an altar call, I asked everybody to raise their hand and do the sinner's prayer with me. I won my entire family to Jesus Christ in one meeting. And I said, Lord, what can this be? Tears just streaming down my face and everybody else's. I said, how can this be? He said, Betty, no matter if you'd flow all the way from California, at 4 o'clock you got on your knees. I step upstairs and it's called my prayer room. No matter how tired you are, whatever, when that 4 o'clock goes off, you fall on your knees and you cry out to me for your bloodline. He said, that's why all of your family got saved today. Are you crying out for your bloodline every single day? Are you asking God to save? This is how I pray. I say, God, I'm asking you again today. Don't let one person in my bloodline or married into my bloodline be lost. I intercede and travail for them right now, Lord. Don't let one be lost. If you belong to this place and you're not bringing people to church, you need to fast and pray. I fasted every day and went outside and won somebody to Jesus and brought them to church. I said, God, what is a church for? He said, Betty says everybody in church should go out and win people and bring them to church. And let the preacher preach to them. And while he's preaching to them, y'all go get another bunch. And as soon as he gets through, you got another bunch until you can just have meetings all day. That is really what I want my church to be. You fuss about and make fun of mega churches. I ain't never seen a church in my life do what our church is doing. I have never seen that many people ministered to in one day, and I mean they're dead serious about God. Those kids get up and quote script a whole chapter. This one was raised there. You're in the preschool. When you graduate from preschool, you go into our school. And I mean they're Pentecost. They're really preaching the Word, teaching the Word in their curriculum now. As soon as you graduate from high school, you come into my Bible school and we put you in the mission field. You get married in the church. You raise your children in the church. People come to me and says, I've been here 30 years. How about that? It fills the church. We're praying that we're going to fill it four times on Sunday. Is that awesome? Then we have 100 seniors that come every Monday that don't like praise and worship but like hymns and they get ministered word to, plus they sing hymns. So they're getting ministered to. 
Then we have the men's meeting that come together, and they teach them how to be mighty men of God. I'm raising up a man. I have a gift. If you've got a business, I can go to your business and pray, and you become a millionaire if you put God in charge. So all of these different... <laughs> she can vouch for that. All of these businesses that I've went and prayed for is becoming wealthy. What are they doing with it? They're coming in and blessing the church with it. We should all be doing things like this. God will give you these gifts if he can trust you with these gifts. But you've got to go use those gifts for the glory of God that it will manifest his church and what he's doing on this earth. But you should be praying for each other's business that the business people can make more money because then they'll bring it into the church and the church will be able to do what it needs to do and pay its bills. You own the church and you're the one that is responsible for all bills. They are only responsible to preach the word and God could move them summers else tomorrow to somewhere in another country or any place in the world. Wherever he says go, they go. You understand that. But it is your responsibility to support the church, to go with win souls and bring them in to Jesus Christ. It is your responsibility to fast and pray and seek God's face for this. It is your responsibility to go to them and say, I want your vision. And you go take that vision. You study that vision. You do everything in your power. You pray that God will manifest this vision. That's what you do. And that's what we're doing for our pastor. I'm seeing to it. Amen. God is asking you today to repent. God is asking you today. That's the Holy Spirit. Let Him be your voice. Let Him be your eyes. Let Him work with that mercy gift. It's not about you. It's not about us. You know, they put all them pictures on Facebook about me getting a doctor's degree. It almost embarrassed me. hurt because he's so great I know Kathy and I'm absolutely nothing but he's I couldn't preach I couldn't speak I couldn't do anything if I didn't have it my knowledge it's all him my knowledge it's not me it's his revelation spirit working in me it's his wisdom speaking out of me because I subject me to him that he can do what he wants to do, please. It's so awesome and so easy just to rear back in your body and just let the Holy Spirit take over. He knows all things. He will talk to your heart where you need it. He knows what you need, and he will deliver to you what your need is today. If you would just open your heart and let the Holy Spirit come over to you. There are things in your life that I've been wanting to do for you, but the hardening of your heart, you have not come to me, and you've not got rid of the temper and the things in your life that I have wanted you to, but I can't have you submitted to me with these things they have 
to be cleaned out. I want you to clean out your house that I can move in. I want you to renew your mind that I can be your mind. I want you to take on me. I am your mind, saith the Lord. And if you will yield and let me come into your mind, I will give you my thoughts, my plans. I will take you where you've never been before. I will bring people that will take care of you. I will bring people that will support you. But you're getting in a way. And I say get out of the way and let me have my way in you and you will see how I will manifest myself through you and through others and I will bring others into your life that will help you to do the things that you need to do on this earth. God loves you. And He wants to be the king of your life. Because I'm a female, I'm His queen. So I only tell what the king wants you to hear. He has told me in his bedchambers as I fasted and prayed and laid in his presence. He has told me his desires and his will for his beautiful bride. He said, prepare my bride. Cleanse her through fasting and prayer and the word of God. I want the whole earth to come together in a oneness like you've never experienced. And all of this body will make up. And all of you will be beautiful in my sight. And you will be my royalty. You will be my bride as I put you together. Gloria Sanda Basata. Gloria Sanda Basiti. Yea, say the Lord. I am. I am. And I'm calling unto the deep. I've said come forth. Come in. Come in and let me sup with you. He's coming. He's coming soon. And He's coming for a perfect bride. A hot bride. The Word of God's a consuming fire. If you ain't got it in you, you ain't on fire. And I'm going to tell you, if you're on fire, you're going to be like me. I'm a larger woman. I want to tell you something. I'm, and I'm a little bit of David. I, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm not going to surrender my head to no Muslim. I'm going to say, you want to see who God is. <laughs> How dare you claim, you know God, you don't know God. Let me show you the God of Elijah. God, bring fire down. Let it send them as they run. Why are we standing up? Why are we not saying who God really is? Why are we not letting people know the power of the living God? It's not time to slum back. It's time to move forth and take on that Elijah spirit. Amen. He had to fight some to get it. Daniel had to fight for his nation. I don't care where you go, you're going to have to get rid of self. You're going to have to fast, whether you like it or not. And if you ain't wanting to fast, that means you need to fast. And the body said, no, 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 Don't listen to that, hussy. It's trying to take you to hell like mine did. Slap the snot out of it. I did two or three times, driving. My mind would get off to scenery or something and I wouldn't listen to the word I was playing. And I'd just reach up and slap my jaw as hard as I could and say, pay attention. What Paul said to. Honey, y'all got to quit. Oh, what's the word? I don't even know. But I want to tell you, I was driving an 18-wheeler and these 18-wheelers in front of me using bad language and everything. I said, if you don't shut up, your profanity... I'm going to come up there and I'm going to drag you out of that truck by the hair of the head 
He said, you can't preach your religion to me. I said, you, you're preaching your filth. And my virgin ears ain't going to hear it. And I said, the Bible says compel people into church. I looked it up. He said, go get them if you have to drag them by the hair of the head. I said, I'll drag you out of that truck. I'll cast them devils out of you, and you will never say those words again. He said, I'm shutting up. I don't know about you other guys. I'm scared of that woman. Listen to me. I had crusades and truck stops. Truckers are the strongest, hardest, and they got saved by the hundreds. I didn't have to do anything but tell my testimony. And we were at a hotel, and a truck put me on the flatbed. And I'm preaching off the flatbed. And they have his one truck brought bells of haywire and made sitting room for everybody. I started speaking on loudspeaker, telling my testimony started coming out of the hotel, coming down. It looked like it was going to rain. It up bad. I said, in the name of Jesus, you will not rain. You will not come. No words in this circle. Stop. You could hear everybody say, it obeyed her. I was making an altar call. I said, you're not stopping my altar call. Listen, next thing is like a wind hit. Not a real wind. People were slain coming down the steps, all the way around on the hotels outside, you know, it was outdoors. All over the place. Everybody was slain in spirit. I didn't have to pray for nobody. And we went from truck stop to truck stop, winning people. 700 pick, picked it up. Morcerellis got a hold of it, and it was in his school, you know, and that's where he started talking about how many truckers I wanted to. Honey, if you can win one of the mean truckers, you got it. You got the right man with you. <laughs> I love you. I want you to know I love you. I want you to go to heaven with me. I'm ready. I know I'm ready beyond all measure. I daily die. I daily cry out to God. But most of all, I walk in it. Me and him discuss you. If I'm praying for you, we're talking about you. He's telling me things about you and what you're going through or whatever, what you need, what's in you that shouldn't be whatever. If you've got a sickness, he shows me that. I'm a seer in the spirit. I didn't know what that meant when he told me I was a seer in the spirit. I'm just finding out lately what it meant, but I'll tell you this much. You pay a price. It's like pastor's wife said, I'd like to pray like Aunt Betty, but said I wouldn't like to walk through what she's walked through. You have no, no idea of the things that I've walked through. You see, sometimes when you walk through a lot, you find out you're nothing and that you really are nothing without Jesus. And you've learned you can't do nothing without him. I cannot tell you. I want to tell you about Donald Trump. God told me to write him a letter and tell him about my covenant, to tell him to go to my website, my the covenant is on my website, www.bettergreenministries. Also, you will see me and Dr. Choi and the Council of Korean Ministers of Washington sitting behind us, and we're at the White House when she laid her mantle on me. And that picture was taken of all of us at the White House. 
So I wrote him a letter, and I sent him my strongman book. And I did that strongman in right out of Washington with 700 club and assemblies have got to come together, and we have 5,000 of them to serve. And they videoed it. So it spread it. God said that to be the most likely place to be bombed. Then the 700 club had me, they were there, seen it, had me come over and do all my strongmen to their college, their employees, and everybody, and they, they taped it because they'd seen me do it out. We've done it here one time where we did, we burst in. You think intercession is just you and you praying for one person. That's not true. You ever had a baby? Well, I've had six. And I never had a baby by myself. I never had a baby without somebody covering me or delivering that baby. I had somebody there that seen that diseases didn't come into my baby. Are you with me? Intercession is this. We just did it in California. I had a travailer to go on the floor. You're not going to do nothing but birth in a spiritual California. I got a medical person. You're going to say, California is not going to have AIDS. It's not going to have cancer. It's not going to... And they did all medical terms of diseases that couldn't come in. Over here, I have a whole row finding all the strong men. Over here, I have the warriors warring. They're binding them and they're warring them out of California to the footstool of Jesus. Jesus said, let me sit here while I make the enemy my footstool. All this is going on for over 30 minutes. I have all the prophets standing up here watching and listening to what God is saying we've done. And when we got through, they all prophesied what happened while we birthed in. And if you've got a church and you've never birthed in your church, that's why it's not going, going where you want to go. You have to birth it from into the spiritual realm of God doing that. And we're going to see a difference. You're going to be some difference. But God told me to send this book to Donald Trump. In this book, I had a four-star general in, from Washington at the war. All the your Army, Navy, Marines, all is right there. That protects Washington, D.C. He wrote a two-page letter to my strongman that can read it. And I said, he likes four-star generals, and I knew that. So I said, read what this four-star general said about my book. It'll help you understand it. And I said, Mr. Trump, I said, I have a covenant with you. And this covenant was done with Ronald Reagan. And it's been put on me now. And I am your ambassador to stop the hits coming at you. I want you to read this book. And then I want you to embrace me as your ambassador to stop these hits. And he wrote me back and he said this. My wife and I have so enjoyed studying your book. And we want to thank you for sending it to us, such a gift. I'll put it on Facebook so you can see it. Or I meant to bring it with me and show it to you as his signature on it. But people teased me when I'd done this. They didn't think that Donald Trump would answer me back, but he did. So I want you to know that he has that strong moon book to know what to bind. 
So you need to be binding those spirits. You need to sever the root of mammon. When you say, I sever the root, I do this daily on George Soros. George Soros is the one that's doing all the money, backing all of the evil. And I cut off the source of evil to do with money, any money. I'm cutting his money source off to do evil if I have to break him to do it. But I'm also asking God to have an encounter with him like I did with Paul. You imagine him turning around like Paul, but he says he's God and he's going to rule the nation. I heard him say it. Obama said that him and Hillary didn't need God, that they are God to run a nation. So I cut and sever the root of mammon off of them. The spirit that over this nation is jealousy. The Democrats are jealous of the Republicans and so on. Blacks are jealous of whites and so on. And this is a jealous spirit. We see in Cain and Abel was this first spirit. He got jealous of his brother's sacrifice and what results is murder. That's a strong murder murder. That's why murders are going in the big cities like California place. If everybody in California would find a strong man of jealousy, the others fear. God said, what men fears will come upon them. And it also says men's hearts will fail them because of fear. Fear brings death. So you can't let fear be on you. And you've got to sever the root of mammon, bind fear, loosen death, and send it to the footstools of Jesus. But that tree has, Jesus said, what's your name when he's casting out demons? And they said, we are legions. They meant they had many names. Just look at the book and you'll see how many names are, in, how many demons are in one. They can be 3,000. There are 120 per legion in that saying. And... Just think about how, and they said legions. Now let me tell you some good stuff. She knows better background than I do, but let me tell you some good ones. The pigs at that time that they were raising was for sacrifice to other gods. And so those pigs was worth a lot of money. And that was why they begged Jesus, go out of our land. You're costing us money. And whenever they said, can we go into pigs? Jesus was delighted. I'll get their sacrifices. That they can't sacrifice to other gods. You see the, the two or three meanings he has in here. If you ask God for wisdom, he'll reveal these things to you. Then you can get excited about what you're reading and you can't wait to read more. It's exciting, isn't it? So I leave you with this. God loves you so much. If you want to be ready, don't trust your eternal life what somebody else is saying. You go sit down with that Bible and say, Holy Spirit, this is what I've done. I said, Holy Spirit, Jesus said that you would teach me. You're my professor. Teach me what this word, I don't know it. He said, get your recorder and play it out loud and read it out loud. And every time I missed a word, he would make me record it again and again until I could pronounce the word. Because I told God, how can you call me to preach when I can't read a whole chapter without missing words? How can I stand up and read the Bible and I can't even pronounce some of the words in the Bible? He said, I'm giving you the greatest professor in the world, the Holy Spirit. So I subject myself to the Holy Spirit as my professor. I'm asking you to do that. Don't lean to your understanding. Just because you've got education, it's... I'm glad I don't have one because I ain't got that to lean to. I don't have to figure everything out. I just yield to the Holy Spirit and let him go with it. He knows more than you. He's the greatest professor. He knows the mind of God. He knows everything, and you know nothing. You think you do. Amen. You just know what people's told you. How do you know that they've told you the truth? 
I don't trust no man. I trusted me. If you can't trust you, who can you trust? My me took me to hell. And those men will take you to hell. You can't listen to what people say. You've got to go to the Holy Spirit. You've got to hear it from the throne room of God. You've got to hear what God has to say for you. He has predestined you. And you need to know what is my predestined. What do you want me to do? I'm subject. Let's go do it. I'm yielded. Amen. I hope that you got something out of this. Amen. God bless you. Praise the Lord. We love you, Betty. Amen. Amen. All right, for you tonight, there's no family dinner, so you know there's no 515, so 7 o'clock. And then tonight we have uh, Sheila ministering the word. We have Tom and Wesley, Wesley's brother. Hudson's coming down from Canada, so they'll be doing worship tonight. And then we have uh, Missy Anscombe. She's part of the YWAM, so she's going to come down and do some songs as well. And then we have Matt. We're going to have Matt do an exhortation tonight. So we're going to have a full night tonight. Amen? So you may have some dinner tonight, but leave a little room for that manna so you can just see yourself and those tent pegs, you know, expanded a little bit. And say, fill us up with you, Father, with who you are. Amen? So we're going to be having a leadership uh, luncheon for those who are here of leadership, make sure that you don't miss this. This is the time that we're going to minister to the leaders at lunchtime. Yes, Holly? Before we eat, um, on the fasting thing, God was talking to me while she was talking. Um, in all three of the Gospels, when Jesus is asked, why don't your disciples fast? And all three of them, he follows with a parable about wineskins. And we know that new wine is coming this year. And the prescription to be ready for the new wine, to become a new wineskin, is fasting. So before we go eat and we get distracted, understand that if you want to be ready, if you do not want to miss the new wine, because he will not ruin your wineskin with new wine, because he, want, he wants both to be preserved. If you want to be ready, you don't want to miss it. Fasting is what you need to do in this season to get ready. After Tabernacles. We fasted for 21 days prior. We fast 21 days prior to Tabernacles. Absolutely. We fast for 21 days for you, for what the Father wants to do for all of us. So the time of Tabernacles is to celebrate. Amen? This is a preparation for the wedding feast. Absolutely. Every year. That's what Tabernacles is all about. So we bless you. We love you in Jesus' name. Enjoy the sunshine. Open heaven. Let the Lord speak to you during this time. But don't miss your fellowship with one another. This time is that we love on Him and we love on one another. Amen. And if you haven't had an opportunity to talk with Joy back there and her girls because they're going to be heading out after our luncheon, make sure you just love on them. Say Jesus loves them, and he's coming soon. 
Amen. We love you. Hallelujah.